Hello, welcome to the self-learning podcast by Dr. Shishma Singh. Let us start discussion on chapter 3, the story of Indian democracy. And our topic is constituent assembly debates, a history. In 1939, Gandhiji wrote an article in the Harijan called The Only Way in which he said, the constituent assembly alone can produce a constitution indigenous to the country and truly and fully representing the will of the people. One based on unadulterated adult franchise for both men and women. The popular demand in 1939 for a constituent assembly was after several ups and downs conceded by the imperialist Britain in 1945. In July 1946, the election were held. In August 1946, the Indian National Congress Expert Committee moved a resolution in the Constituent Assembly. This contained the declaration that the India shall be a republic where the declared social, economic and political justice will be guaranteed to all the people of India. On matters of social justice, there were lively debates on whether government functions should be prescribed or the state should be bounded down to them. Issues debated ranged from right to employment, to social security, land reforms, to property rights, to the organization of panchayas. Here are some snippets from the debates. Now let us discuss the next point, competing interest, the constitution and the social change. India exists at so many levels. The multi-religious and multicultural composition of the population, which distinct streams of tribal culture is one aspect of the popularity. Many divides classify the Indian people. The impact that culture, religion and the caste have on the urban-ruler divide, rich-poor divide, and the literate-illiterate divide is varied. Deeply stratified by caste and poverty, there are groupings and subgroupings among the ruler poor. The urban working class comprises a very wide range. Then there is a well-organized domestic business class, as also the professional and commercial class. The urban professional class is a highly vocal, competing interest operate on the Indian social scene and clamor for control of the state's resources. However, there are some basic objectives laid down in the constitution and which are generally agreed in the Indian political world as being obviously just. These would be empowerment of the poor and marginalized, poverty alleviation, ending of caste 
and positive steps to treat all groups equally. Competing interests do not always reflect a clear class divide. Take the issue of the close down of a factory because it emits toxic waste and affects the health of those around. This is a matter of life which the constitution protects. The flip side is that the closure will render people jobless. Livelihood again is a matter of life that the constitution protects. It is interesting that at the time of drawing up constitution, the constituent assembly was fully aware of this complexity and polarity but was intent on securing social justice as a guarantee. Now the next point is constitutional norms and social justice interpretation to aid social justice. It is useful to understand that there is a difference between law and justice. The essence of law is its force. Law is law because it carries the means to coerce or force obedience. The power of the state is behind it. The essence of justice is fairness. Any system of laws functions through a hierarchy of authorities. The basic norm from which all other rules and authorities flow is called the constitution. It is a document that constitutes a nation's tenets. The Indian constitution is India's basic norm. All other laws are made as per the procedures the constitution prescribes. These laws are made and implemented by the authorities specified by the constitution. A hierarchy of courts which too are authorized created by the constitution interpret the laws when there is a dispute. The Supreme Court is the highest court and the ultimate interpreter of the constitution. The Supreme Court has enhanced the substance of fundamental rights in the constitution in many important ways. The constitution is not just a ready reference of do's and don'ts for social justice. It has the potential for the meaning of social justice to be extended. Social movements have also aided the courts and authorities to interpret the contents of rights and principles in keeping with the contemporary understanding on social justice. Law and courts are sites where competing views are debated. The constitution remains a means to channelize and civilize political power towards social welfare. You will realize that the constitution has the capacity to help people because it is based on basic norms of social justice. For instance, the directive principle on village panchayats 
was moved as an amendment in the constituent assembly by k satnam after 40 odd years it became a constitutional imperative after the 73rd amendment in 1992 you shall be dealing with this in next section here let let us wind up the session and thank you very much for engaging yourself with the self learning podcast